Welcome to Let's Talk Agriculture, Episode 3. In this podcast, Oliver McIntyre talks to Mark Southern, Managing Director and National Head of Agriculture at Barclays, on the year ahead and what farmers should be looking out for in a post-Brexit world. Here's Oliver. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our very first podcast of 2021. Happy New Year to you all. When we first decided to do this podcast, we thought it would be great to take a review of 2020 and see what had happened. Maybe that's the year that never was, I keep calling it, so perhaps it might be better to be looking more ahead into 2021 and given the announcements on the Domestic Agricultural Bill in December, probably 2021 and beyond, I would guess. Anyway, in this episode... I am really pleased to be joined by Mark Southern, Head of Agriculture at Barclays. Welcome, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Actually, surprisingly well, Oliver, because I've been, as you, in lockdown, working from home for quite some considerable time. But I'm feeling fairly good. And the most important thing is, is that all my family and friends are well at the moment. Excellent. Good news. Yep, lockdown has its challenges. Welcome to the recording studio that's also known as the back bedroom at my house. Where are you speaking to us from, Mark? I am speaking from a very small study in my home in Lincolnshire. So I know what it's like, Oliver, to be this working from home. I have my wife working in the dining room on her laptop and my daughter doing her university studies in one of the rooms downstairs as well. So uh, making the most of our Wi-Fi. Excellent. Good man. You'll be getting good value for money, no doubt. But we better crack on. We've got a New Year's resolution, haven't we, Mark, to keep these podcasts nice and short. So we're going to be brisk to the point and hopefully cover lots of ground in the next 10, 15 minutes. I suppose for me, Mark, the question to ask you, what sort of things do you think should be at the forefront of our mind as we start to move into a period of what will be quite a lot of change? Yeah, so I think one of the things that is on my mind as a banker to the sector, Oliver, is just that, is that there is going to be a lot of change. We go into this sort of Brexit and beyond trading landscape. We also see the impact of the pandemic on diversified businesses. I think there are some positive changes. I think the focus on the use of agri-tech and agri-technology is really important. I think the renewed focus on sustainability and the green environment is something to be really looked at. And then climate change and how we in the UK respond to that. And then, of course, you know, one of the intended consequences of Brexit is the new response from DEFWA. Farming is changing. So how do we as a bank respond to new schemes and a new approach? So lots of change, but I, I will talk about it later. A lot of positivity as well, Oliver. Yeah, you know, no huge topics there, Mark. I'm sure we can cover them off in 15 minutes. Let's talk firstly about Brexit, a trade deal announced on Christmas Eve, obviously. I think possibly we've already seen some of the positive impact of that trade deal. The lamb price this week, first full trading week of January, has just skyrocketed in the last few days. You know, maybe that's processors and buyers going into the market. Now they know they can get that stock and get those carcasses over to the continent. What's your feeling about the trade deal and the current scenario? Well, firstly, clarity. I actually thought you said land prices, and I thought, crikey, it's not happening around here. But fortunately, you said lamb prices, so I'm very clear on that. So what do I think about this sort of new trading arrangement? One, I suppose, like everybody, at least we have some clarity, and at least we have a deal. So we are now able to navigate and go forward and understand what's going to happen. It gives us a little bit more certainty, gives us a little bit more opportunity to think about how we plan our businesses. And I guess that's the key thing for me, which is, 
We now know we've got those arrangements, we've got more focus on those. So it's about how does that then apply to my business? And how do I protect my business? Have I revisited my cash flow? Have I talked to my suppliers? Where do they get their goods from? What are the prices? What are the things? To really concentrate on my business planning. So I think the fog has lifted and now is an opportunity to dust down those business plans, dust down those accounts and and really understand what is it in my business that's within my control that I can make a difference so I can help my farming businesses be more profitable, more productive and more sustainable. Yeah, and it's not just how the business evolves through the process of Brexit and the New Deal and how we move forward. I suppose the topic of sustainability, carbon, greenhouse gases, we're always a little guilty in the world of agriculture of thinking it's just us out there. But as we know, Mark, there is no sector that isn't under the same sort of focus as agriculture. We're in a unique position. We must never forget as farmers, as an agricultural industry, that, yeah, we do emit carbon and greenhouse gases, but I'm still racking my brains for another industry that can also sequestrate carbon. So I suppose, you know, we're talking about Brexit and as bankers, we're talking about cash flow and talking to suppliers and making sure we've got business continuity. But what sort of steps, what's your feeling on the sustainability agenda at the moment and the focus that's under? Gosh, the focus on sustainability, clearly partly driven by the environment we operate in, the the political environment. The government have made it really clear that the new schemes are about making sure that the environment is at the heart of anything that is offered or paid. So clearly a big topic. Um, Also, what does sustainability mean? It means doing things well, trying to leave the land in a better state than when we found it. And, And if I think about the whole premise of farming, that whole intergenerational piece of stewardship, of passing the farm on to the next generation, it's at the heart of what farming is all about and land ownership is all about. So is it high on the bank's agenda? Yes, really high. I think partly driven by climate change. What will be the impacts of climate change on our businesses? So really big topic. How do we fund it? How do we help people? How do we help people diversify as well at the same time? Because some of the sustainability agenda can be about diversifying. So for example, how do you harvest your own water? How do you think about funding the use of your own energy? There are so many opportunities for growth, but also that sort of green sustainable agenda, Oliver. Yeah, and I think it is about striking a balance, Mark, as you and I have talked about on numerous occasions, let's be honest. We look an awful lot at the sort of controlled environment farming. I suppose initially our thoughts would go to poultry and pig sectors in there, but there are an awful lot of other controlled environment farming systems. With the right conditions, there's very little we can't actually grow in the UK. And whilst you might look at that one particular site of half an acre or three acres covered in glass or plastic or buildings, if you were to start looking down that route, it would actually enable you to look at more of the schemes that will be coming in over the next few years and look at your ability for some of your pasture land or farmland to actually sequestrate more carbon. I've said it before, I will say it boringly over and over again. I suppose my first day's work, as it were, in agriculture was probably when I was about 10 or 11. My father, if he was here, might actually debate whether it was a full day's work. But I think I've been involved in the industry for 35, 40 years now and genuinely just such an exciting time. I think we need to get on that journey to next zero and we need to look at it in a really positive light and embrace it, do you think? I totally agree. And I think we are at a pivotal point and ensuring that the sector is at the forefront of that change and embedding technology is just critically important. 
farmers can undertake lots of different activities to become net zero by 2040, whether it's undertake energy or carbon audits to help understand their current footprint. You have things like mintill cultivation to protect the carbon captured in soil as well as those microorganisms, reducing costs, controlling blackgrass, changing finishing systems in the red meat sector can be really focused to reduce the number of days to slaughter. You and I were just talking to people about that only yesterday, about how it can cut costs and carbon footprint, how we can use livestock to increase organic matter in the soil to help increase fertility. Using that whole natural capital of the farm is just absolutely vital. It's one of the reasons why we launched the Barclays Eagle Lab Farm in partnership with the University of Lincoln's Institute for Agritech, which is really to support UK agriculture and the whole food supply chain to understand how we can use things like data to make a real, real difference. And I said before about optimism. Whilst we talk about the challenges at the beginning, yield and quality advantages, assurance and provenance advantages, intellectual tradition as an advantage, and actually the environment itself as an advantage all gives me confidence for the future. Now, as we are, Oliver, we are at that start of the new year, and I'm going to turn it around. What advice would you specifically give to farmers to help them be on the front foot? You know, we often joke about I'm the banker who's interested in farming. You're the farmer who is interested in banking. What would you do today if you were a farmer with all of those sort of tailwinds and headwinds? Yeah, that's a good question. I thought I was asking the questions today. But anyway, I'll let you ask a few questions, mainly because, well, you're my boss, so I have to. I think for me, it's about business efficiency. It is about reading through the leaflets and the information that's come out about the domestic agricultural bill. There is so much consultation going on about nearly every aspect of the bill at the moment. The only real bit of clarity that came out was the reductions in basic payment scheme income over the next two to three years. And for me, it's actually about looking at your farm efficiency. Crikey, you know, Mark, I can go on and on about benchmarking to the point of I have seen you yawn on occasions when I've been talking about it. Every farm should be looking at benchmarking because it's going to be about business efficiency. If you're operating inefficiently, those emissions are just inefficient and waste, and that then translates into cash flow and cash going out of the business. We already know from the domestic agricultural bill, we are on the journey to net zero by 2040. There are going to be schemes to help fund tech, both the development and installation on farm. There's going to be schemes to enhance the environment, maybe sequestrate carbon, maybe look at tree planting schemes, things like that. So it's about putting together a strategic plan, sitting down with the partners and directors of the business and the next generation and saying, right, in 2028, we're going to be in quite a different world. Where do we want to be? As you've already referenced, Mark, it's time to take control of the destiny of that family farm or that farming business and actually put that roadmap in place. I always use the analogy of setting off on holiday to some remote place in Scotland or the southwest or any part of the country that you're not very familiar with. If you don't have a plan of how you're going to get there, you're probably never going to get there. And having a strategic plan, which is it doesn't need to be that detailed. It can be half a sheet of paper just with the objectives of the family and the business and where they want to be by 2028. So for me, Mark, it is about building that strategic plan, because what that will do is it will put you in control of your destiny. It will give you some confidence that you're quite happy with the direction you're moving in. But it also puts you in control of how that business moves forward and how it gets to those goals. You've also referenced the journey to net zero and you've listed all the things that agriculture can do to sequestrate carbon and greenhouse gases and also reduce emissions. I think it's really important as we go through this year that the industry remembers all the good things it already does. 
we already do an awful lot of landscape management and positive environmental stuff that perhaps sometimes we forget about because we're doing it day in, day out. And again, just remember that point. The journey to net zero for agriculture is remarkably more easy. It'll be challenging because we're going to do it for ourselves, but it's remarkably more easy because we can sequestrate carbon and greenhouse gases as well as emitting whilst we're producing good quality, traceable, affordable food for the UK. No, I couldn't agree more. And I'm also mindful of what we said at the very beginning was that we would keep this to about 15 minutes. There's lots of things that we believe that people could be doing. We're very positive about the sector. We think that with a combination of self-sufficiency and opportunities to create substitute products, you know, I think there are a lot of things. While we're chatting, looking out the window, snow is falling all around, as one great singer-songwriter once sang. We're in the early period of the new year and we cannot not talk about the pandemic. We've just gone into lockdown. Really challenging times, very challenging times for farm businesses that have diversified. Core agriculture, as we know, Mark, has been, compared to other sectors, has been remarkably untouched by the pandemic at times from a trading and operational point of view. I suppose looking at those farm shops, those footfall diversifications, cafes, restaurants, holidays, leisure, what sort of advice would you give them at the moment? Some people out there who've invested in diversification might be feeling really up against it at the moment. Yes, and I think if you look at the challenges for retail and wholesale, hotel and leisure, anybody who's diversified into those, it's a very ambiguous landscape. And I think all I encourage people to do is be agile and actually make decisions quickly. Don't sit and ponder. If it means a quick call to your banker or your accountant or to your advisor, do it because I think it's about making decisions fairly quickly and whether that means just pivoting and looking about how you can use online a bit more or whether it is just having to accept that some venues have to be mothballed. Interestingly enough, I was talking to a client of ours who has a hotel venue. Bookings for the second half of the year are up over 100%, doubled from what where he would normally run at. So I think there will be pent-up demand. And so it's almost like accept today is, is what it is, but be ready for an increase. You know, I've heard people talk about this could be the start of the roaring 20s with people having disposable income wanting to spend. So it gives me more confidence for the second half of the year. I would agree with you, Mark. I'm going to have one question. We'll test us both because I'm going to ask myself the same question. In three or four words, can you sum up how you're feeling about the world of agriculture as we look, not just 2021, but beyond? I think for me, how I'd sum it up is challenging, but very exciting. What about you, Mark? I think I would talk about opportunity, a sense of newness and a real sense of purpose. Perfect. Thank you, Mark. That's it. I'm not going to ask you any more questions. We're going to wrap it up. But thank you so much for your time today. It's really appreciated. You and I both know it's busy, busy times, especially as we get into the new year. It would be fabulous to think that maybe some point later in this year, you know, you and I spend a lot of time at trade events and county shows, meeting people, meeting clients and spending quite a lot of time together, actually. So hopefully at some point in the near future, let's hope we can start doing that again. Yeah, here, here. In the meantime, I wish everybody listening a great start to the year and let's hope that we can get back to some degree of normality in the near future. If you enjoyed this edition, please subscribe and you'll receive a notification when we release our next podcast, when we'll take a deeper look into other important farming topics. All of our Let's Talk Agriculture and Farm to Fork specials are available to listen and download from our Barclays Let's Talk Business channel on Spotify, Apple and SoundCloud. 
Thanks again for listening. We also have our Let's Talk Brokers podcast, featuring the latest market insights and delving deeper into other topics and issues available on our Let's Talk Business channel. Make money work for you. The views and opinions expressed in this content don't necessarily reflect the views of Barclays Bank UK PLC, nor should they be taken as statements of policy or intent of Barclays Bank UK PLC. Barclays Bank UK PLC takes no responsibility for the veracity of information intimated by a third party, and no warranties or undertakings of any kind, whether expressed or implied, regarding the accuracy or completeness of the information given. Barclays Bank UK PLC takes no liability for the impact of any decisions made based on information contained and views expressed. Barclays Bank UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.